as we started reopening the studios, we saw that there, there was this huge need to, to, to want to get out of the house, to want to get back. And it's really the community piece of it, just being together. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we sit down with Trevor Lucas, the president of Cycle Bar, to talk about the future of the exercise industry and what he's learned during the the days of COVID. Trevor, welcome to the show. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Hey, it's going to be a pleasure. I'm looking forward to the conversation. So yeah, I want to dive right into kind of your uh, your experiences that you've had in the world of fitness and business. How'd that prepare you to lead uh, Cycle Bar through the many challenges of 2020? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a pretty diverse background, I, I would say, and, and I think that's really just just doing a bunch of different things has really kind of helped me out and being able to kind of take a step back and see the the ten thousand foot view. Um, but really, my my background's grounded in in heavy in finance. You know, right out of college, uh, interned with uh, Morgan Stanley, got into banking, and then rounded out that kind of piece of my career uh, as a as an equities analyst for a bit, covering ag stocks. So, um, you know, getting to work with you know hedge funds and mutual funds and those kinds of folks was 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 pretty fun. But then I really wanted to get into you know building brand and building companies and making an impact, which led me to Taco Bell. And I spent about five years there and did a bunch of different jobs. What I really started with, and this is what really, I think, helped me help our franchisees through this, was I started in franchise finance and, and really working with Taco Bell's franchisees from a financial standpoint, figuring out their P&Ls, helping them with acquisitions and growing the business and just kind of being hand in hand with them. But that really kind of helped me learn you know, a, a franchise operating model and, and really how should that work and the different pieces and how that all comes together. And then from there, I got to, to to work on the development side from a strategic standpoint, really helping figure out the strategy of where we put new stores, how we get those stores open, how we ensure those stores are profitable. Um, and that kind of rounded out my experience. And then the last thing I did there was, you know, managing their gift card program, which was a whole separate business with its own P&L. And, you know, and actually it was, you know, compared to most businesses, a pretty sizable business, but it was, you know, pennies compared to the bulk, the bigger Taco Bell uh, portfolio, but that piece of the business, I got, you know, uh, exposed to a lot of marketing and operations to kind of round out my finance experience. And then jumping into to Cycle Bar, I mean, what really helped us as we went forward is we, we took over a brand that was, you know, for lack of a better word, struggling, you know, 70% of our franchisees were losing money and we had to pivot very quickly to get them into a good spot. So, you know, as I, as I look at, you know, the last three years and how we've built the brand and built the company and how our franchisees, you know, have just kind of been heads down and really grinding. I mean, we're all, between all of us, franchisees and, and, you know, my corporate team, we're really battle tested at this point. And so that gave us a lot of confidence, even though we didn't really know what was going to happen at the start of COVID. I mean, really coming through it just gave us a ton of um, just know how that we could fall back on in terms of how we can pivot quickly, move quickly, have a, have, it's really a sense of urgency, I think. And, you know, as we drove the business forward and, and really just being creative and figure out new ways to, to get folks to connect with us and get them into the studios. But, you know, I think, you know, all of that, you know, my prior experience, but then just our franchisees experience, right. Of being battle tested from, from really day one, right. Of not having a strong operating model that they inherited and, and really having us, put those pieces in, which means we had to change a lot of stuff, right? We changed out their, 
CRM and POS system. We, we switched out their website. We switched out their app. We threw a bunch of new tools at them and operating procedures and requirements. And, and not one time did they go backwards. I mean, we hit 30 straight months of double-digit same-store sales growth through that period. And that took us all the way up to February of this year. And really where we doubled their monthly revenue, which took them from being 70% of them losing money to flipping it the complete other way to where the vast majority of them were in a profitable standpoint, which I think also set us up well, right? As you go through COVID and money got tight, I think they, many of them did have some cash reserves that I think helped get through this as well. So that's a kind of a great segue talk about, you know, the challenges that the business had. You had all this momentum with Cycle Bar. How did you help your franchisees really pivot and stay afloat during the pandemic, but also hopefully come out even stronger from the challenges? Yeah. I mean, the, the foundation started back in 2017 when we took over the brand and, you know, the, the, those pillars that we put in place then are really what, you know, are helping us succeed today. And it all started with building a strong foundation in terms of sales and marketing. You know, the, the boutique fitness really is a sales and marketing business. And the, the, the experiential part, the fitness part is the fun part. And that's the product that we get to sell. But if you don't have, you know, systems and processes to drive in, new leads and then those same systems and processes to convert those leads into member. And then the third part is having the processes to, to, to maintain those members, then you, you really can't run in this model effectively. And so it was really starting there. And so the first thing we did when we took over the brand was we hired a sales team and that didn't exist before. So we hired a sales team and we put them on planes and we flew them all over the country just to teach our franchisees how to sell. Then we retold the marketing team and the marketing team was really solely focused on branding at the time. And, and the branding that they created was phenomenal. It was one of the few brands that Expo acquired where we didn't change any of the branding. We kept it all in the place. But the thing that was missing, the one element that wasn't there was the lead flow piece. So we, we restructured the team to be solely focused on driving lead flow and, and really driving lead flow into each individual studio. You know, and, and then it was just small tweaks to the operating model. Like the experiential side was already phenomenal. And that, that piece you know, was gave us a great product to sell. Um, and it was just getting the word out and getting people there. And then the, the, the final kind of like uh, cap on all of it was moving the business from being more transactional in terms of selling, you know, one package that, you know, would be 10 rides for a certain dollar amount that didn't renew to go into a recurring model. And so we pivoted them to selling memberships. And so when we took over the business, they were selling some memberships, but it wasn't the focus for them. Um, about 30% of the revenue was, was memberships. And by the time COVID hit, in March, we were at 70% of our revenue was coming from recurring memberships. So, you know, as, as we fast forward all the way to COVID starting, you know, they're in a much better revenue standpoint operating the, the, the you know, we've kind of figured out how to, how to operate this model. And it was really taking exponentials model, right. And dropping that in. So we didn't have to like reinvent the wheel or anything. It was just taking that and it was ended up being really plug and play, but having all of that recurring base, all of those members to rely on, um, is really what helped push us through. So the first thing was, you know, as as folks started shutting down due to COVID, we didn't really know how this thing was going to play out. And I remember talk of of this being, yeah, it's only going to be two or three weeks. And now fast forward however many months and however many more months we have to go in this. Um, it was really that member base that helped push us through. And so it was how do we stay engaged with them and keep the revenue flowing by also maintaining that base so we don't lose them all, right? And keeping them engaged with us. And then the third piece was, 
helping the franchisees then take a harder look at their P&L. And, and this is where my finance experience kind of really helped. And we had some really strong folks with finance backgrounds as well, or former franchisees of other brands that, that are on our team now that really know how to look at a P&L. Um, and we dug in there and really kind of helped them with the expense side of it. So it was maintain the revenue or, or grow the revenue, maintain our memberships, and then manage the expense side. Those were our three initiatives. And that was a top-down you know, directed from Anthony straight through to all of the brands. And we all drove on that. And so the first thing we did to, to keep revenue going and really to keep our members connected was to go virtual. So we pushed forward Expo Go and then Cycle Bar Go being a piece of that, which is our virtual product. The initial launch, and I can't remember the exact timing, was, wasn't supposed to be in March. But given everything that happened, we had to have something, right, to, to help our franchisees there. We also pushed forward a gift card program, which we didn't have before, so that there was just another way that folks wanted to support their local studio. They could purchase a gift card, and we got all that money directly back to the franchisees, so they had cash. You know, and then it was just getting getting in touch with them. And every market was a little different um, in terms of you know the capacities or how long it was going to be shut down for, or really just what the, the consumer sentiment was. So it was a lot of handholding on a one-on-one basis. So my team did a phenomenal job and as did our franchisees, but we were on a lot of one-on-one calls and just just grinding it out that way. And then we did a lot of group calls. I mean, almost daily, weekly um, calls where we get all the franchisees on and it was either the focus was either a training um, on something new we learned and how to navigate through the pandemic, or it was, you know, something motivational or stack rankings or, or different things to show that success stories that people were having success through it. I mean, I have a studio in, they're in Boise, Idaho. And they never went backwards in revenue. They actually had to shut down, but they never went backwards. Their members continued to pay them through this. And they did a tremendous job pivoting to a virtual. The bikes that they couldn't use because no one could come in, they rented those bikes out to their members um, and then got them on the virtual program. And then they also started live streaming a bit themselves early on uh, as kind of Go got ready um, and really leveraging their own instructors to get engaged with those folks. And then... The third piece is they really jumped in fully in with Go because we gave them 60 days free access to all of the modalities that we have. And we have eight different modalities within Exponential. And so if you didn't have a bike at home, well, that's okay because you could do stretching or Pilates or bar and that helped people as well, right? Just giving them another option to kind of stay plugged in with us. And so the, the folks that really in our, in our franchise network that plugged in with that did a phenomenal job, you know, and I think it's really all of those things coming together, right? It was the having the recurring revenue. And, and in many cases, we just froze those members if they didn't want to continue to pay us, but many of them kept paying us, which was tremendous to see. And it's that local connection. I think if we were a corporate run business and like we didn't have the franchise piece, I don't think we would have got as much of it. And it was our owners being the, the local mom and pop, quote unquote, that, that helped keep that light on for us. Um, and then giving them the virtual product through Cycle Bar. It was just that that one-on-one, you know, handholding that they knew we were there to support them, even when it was, you know, we didn't know it was going to happen. Like we were just always available, and we, my team uh, on that part did a, tr- a tremendous job because we were available twenty-four-seven. We were they were answering emails at midnight on a Saturday, right? And it was just we were just plugged in, even though we were all at home. And I think that part was huge to help get us through. So I want to dive in a little bit more on that, uh, the virtual, as you talked about, you know, you have Cycle Bar Go that's part of Exponential's, you know, overall modality. But Cycle Bar has really focused on the in-studio and getting people back in-studio as, you know, quickly as possible. Why have you focused so much on that aspect? 
Yeah, I think, you know, one, one of the things is we see a huge opportunity there now because, you know, if you look at brick and mortar boutique fitness in general, you know, unfortunately, and you never wish ill on any uh, competitor, but a lot of them aren't coming back. And I think there's a, there's a hole there where people want a home. And, you know, as we saw, as we started reopening the studios, we saw that there, there was this huge need to, to, to want to get out of the house, to want to get back. And it's really the community piece of it, just being together. And, and, and our, our class experience is really geared to that. I mean, it's, we set it up to be super accessible. It's for everybody. It doesn't matter your fitness background or fitness level or age or sex or anything, you know, related to that. It's everyone's welcome. The ride is set up so everyone can do it. And I think that piece is what really engaged people back in. And then it was just layering on, hey, we have to adjust to the new COVID world, right? So it was showing that it's it's healthy and safe, showing really showing the health benefits of getting back in and working out, but also the health benefits of benefits of being around people and being around community and and having that feeling again from a from a mental wellness standpoint. And then it was, you know, we we did some physical things to the space. Our franchisees put in um, UV air filters that I think have now been certified that that they they kill COVID. It's just little things like that, wearing masks while people are coming in, social distancing, you know, the we're we're about half capacity of what we were prior because everything's six feet apart and everything's spaced out. Or we went outdoors. We have a franchisees here in California that are still doing outdoor classes just because people people feel safer doing it that way. So it was like once we could show that it was safe and we could get them back in to try it for that first time, it was really, that's where like the gloves came off, so to speak. And they were like, Hey, I'm back into this and I miss this and I want to be in it. Um, and then you couple that with like, Hey, a lot of folks aren't reopening. I mean, if you look in our space, just in indoor cycling, flywheel file for bankruptcy, soul cycle, um, it has a big focus, as you noted on their, their at home business and really competing with Peloton. And they're really not reopening their studios in a major way, but we're also not in the same markets that they are too. We, we, we skew, heavier into the Midwest and to, to suburbia because of that. I think we're for everybody model that we've really kind of leaned on here. And I think that part has also really helped us open back up too. I mean, we're, we're a lower cost to operate, which helps as well. But I, I think it's those things coming together. I think there's just this, this vacuum where we're, we're kind of filling in and we're seeing tons of people come. I mean, we went from our average class being about 40% full to 70 to 80% full where many of our primetime classes are now waitlisted and people can't get in. And we're trying to figure out ways to add capacity where we legally can do it um, at this point. And the virtual helps us with that because it, it actually helps us extend our capacities of the folks that don't feel ready to come back in yet. And those folks may never feel ready to come back in and we'll, we'll, you know, cater to those folks, but we're also seeing a whole new market emerging of folks that are realizing, Hey, I wasn't working out. I need to be working out. And, and people see that in their neighborhoods, right? People are out walking and just getting out. And, and that whole new class of folks that weren't working out are now kind of replacing the ones that don't feel comfortable coming in. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club.
how are you taking that technology and the Go platform and really being that span between the in-studio and the at-home then? Yeah, I mean, we, I look at it as, a, as an augmentation to, to what we're already doing. So, I, I mean, we even have folks that, hey, they, won't, they can only make it in a couple of days a week. I mean, lives have changed a lot, right? You got kids at home, you got, you know, part-time school, you know, you, everyone's working from home. And so the dynamic of, of how people interact with us has shifted a bit. Um, you know, we can do class times at times we normally wouldn't do them. But it's also giving the flexibility of, hey, if you can't make it in with us, but you have a bike at home, you know, you, you can ride with us. But I, I think for us, Expo Go is even bigger because there's there's different pieces of exponential Go that allow folks, hey, if you can't make it into a class, you can still get a workout, right? And whether that's a bar workout or a Pilates workout, or we've, we have a partnered with Emerge and we're doing some things there to that are more health and wellness related. So you can get that piece of it as well. You know, I think that that just augments their, their experience and kind of, you know, if they get bored with cycling, well, they can try something else and they can do that virtually, right? You know, so I think it's from an overall branding perspective for Exponential, it's huge, right? Because it's, it's unlocking access to these other brands that people may not know about yet. And we have some new and emerging brands, uh, you know, in the, in the rowing and stretching, in yoga, in dance, and so all these different pieces. And, and so it's, it's, it's really exposing those folks to all these different pieces. And I think that helps as well. And it makes them a little bit more sticky to, for us to, hey, if I'm bored with cycling or I don't feel like cycling today or I feel like going in the studio, well, I can still get something and I can get it virtually. You mentioned that CycleBar, uh, unlike a lot of competition, you've been more geared towards the Midwest, to suburban, and even to, mm-hmm. towards a more rural uh, customer, mm-hmm. if you will. Why mm-hmm. do you think that growth strategy has been so beneficial to the brand? That's a great question. I, for me, I, and it really starts with the roots of the brand, which started in the Midwest. And I think that, you know, uh, you know really starting in uh, the first studio happened to be outside Boston, but the meat of it really started in the Cincinnati area. And I think it just kind of grew organically from there. Um, You know, uh, I think what's so beneficial for us and why we're successful in those markets is because our goal is to to make it so much more accessible and cater to everybody. And that that starts at price point too, right? Like our price point's accessible. Um, And we wouldn't be successful in those markets if it it wasn't, if we priced the same as a soul or fly, um, which you can price like that in those urban markets. And we, we rival their pricing in those markets, but it's being flexible with how we, you know, kind of engage with those folks from a uh, pricing standpoint, even a mix standpoint in having different options, right? We have a four times a month option. We have an eight times a month option and we have an unlimited option, but we also have packages that they could buy as well. If they only feel like, Hey, I'm not ready to commit to that membership yet. And so, I think it was giving all those options, but then it really comes down to once you get them in, they buy the membership. It's the experience that you derive and it's the community feel. And once they see that, like really everybody's coming, right? It doesn't matter your, you know, the, how big you are, tall you are, what your weight is, what your, you know, what your background is. It's just, we've just always tried to foster that welcoming environment, which I think also helps. And depending on the market, it really helps us. And then the last piece of it is the franchisees because the franchisees are local experts in that those markets, right? Versus if, if they were all company-owned or corporate-owned studios, I don't know the, the dynamics of a Boise, Idaho, or, you know, of a Waco, Texas, or a Fargo, uh, North Dakota, where we, we have studios in all those locations. Um, and so having that franchisee in that market that knows the community, knows the local business owners, has relationships with people, and then really it's having the relationship with the customers, that, that's, what, that's what makes it for us, right? That's what... One, well, makes it boutique, but also allows us to operate in these markets where, you know, some of our competitors might not necessarily be successful because they don't have that same connection. 
speaking of that uh, connection, you know, the other super important connection is the instructors. You know, they're oftentimes the face of the business for you. How have you been able to maintain, you know, with all of this growth and, you know, all this drive, keeping that high quality, great instructors that keep that energy going? For sure. I mean, it's, it's a ton of effort. I mean, we have a VP, an amazing VP of experience, Tevia, who's really been in this business since the beginning. I mean, she had a studio to give her a little bit of her background. Her, she owned a studio um, years and years ago called Body is Soul here in LA. And one of her writers ended up being the founders of Soul Cycle, And she had a lot of influence on that. And then the folks that broke off from, from Soul Cycle to do Flywheel, you know, and Tevia worked for Flywheel um, for a lot of years and really helped them build that company as well. And, you know, I always look at how lucky, lucky we are to have her on our team just in, in her experience. And she's created the cycle bar method and the, the various rides that we do. And really her goal is, to, is that accessibility. And she always says it's for everybody. And our number one goal is just to make people feel good. Um, and through that, she's been able to build this community of instructors um, and not only instructors at the studio level, but instructors that we call master instructors, which are, you know, ones that help us. They work for the franchisee during the day. And then on the side, they work for us in helping build this environment. We have them all over the, 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 the country. And we used to do a lot of in-person training and we would fly them out and you know, we would do what we call boot camps to, to train folks. And we would help recruit and do those kinds of things. But, you know, once COVID hit, all of that stopped. And, you know, it's always a blessing sometimes when when different things happen because the from a training standpoint we had to go virtual and the virtual program that Tevi and her team unlocked is something we'll actually never go back from now because it's so much more successful in the platform that we built on I mean we went from you know studios you know having to recruit and then they would train these folks themselves and then they would submit videos to us to for us to approve to make sure that they were on brand um, and they taught our, our class format and that, we'd have like a 60% success rate through that. Uh, now we put them through a whole virtual training program where there's a set curriculum and um, they start, you know, at, at step A and they finish at, at, at step Z. And by the time they're finished, we have a fully trained and even more highly trained than we were seeing instructor. And we have like an 80 to 90% pass rate success rate through that process. Now it's lower cost franchisees actually aren't paying for it right now unless it's a new studio opening because there's some some different things we have to do there but for the most part you know it's 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 driven out costs but we're seeing a better instructor coming through it at the end of the day and then once we get that instructor in we plug them in with our community so there's weekly calls there's monthly calls there's a facebook community that only our instructors i don't even have access to it i've never even seen it our previous brand president ryan uh they gave him access to it for about five minutes and it's a safe environment for them, but it's, it's really where they exchange ideas and they exchange like, here's what I'm doing today. Here's what I'm talking about today, you know, in my class and here's how I'm connecting with folks and here's what I'm seeing. And so the information sharing and the community that they've built, you know, kind of online and digitally has just been phenomenal. And then the last part's really the, the career path that we've been able to create for them, right? I mentioned the master instructors. So there's that career path where they can become a master instructor, but in between that, we created a lead instructor role where the lead instructor manages the other instructors within each individual studio. So, you know, you start, you come in as a, as an instructor, then you move to a, a role um, as a lead instructor. And then if you do well and you continue to, to stay with the brand and, and you stand out, then there's a path to a master instructor role as well. And so folks can make a career out of this. 
and that that's really more than anything is what keeps them engaged with us. And then having that community where they rely on each other, they're all friends. It's, it's amazing. We'll, we'll do, we used to do in-person events and hopefully we can get back to those soon where we would do trainings and we call them cycle star use. And we would bring, you know, a bunch of folks would fly out and they would all air, find Airbnb, Airbnbs together, but it would be, you know, one instructor from Florida, one from Idaho and one from Texas and one from New York. And they would, but they all knew each other from this online environment and they all became close. And so they would all room together, you know, so it was amazing to see that community that that was also built. And that's, I think more than anything, what keeps them engaged. And then they hold each other accountable. So we'll get emails all the time from instructors saying, Hey, I took a class, you know, at so-and-so studio and this person was kind of straying a little bit from the, the format you know, and, and they, they hold each other accountable just by taking each other's classes as well. So it actually helps us keep everybody kind of in the same page and moving in the same direction. So over the last you know decade, you've seen an explosion of the, the boutique fitness industry, if you will. Where do you think the, the industry goes you know, over the next decade? I mean, I think there's there's a tremendous amount of growth to be had. I mean, we're, we're seeing a little bit of consolidation as Expo's kind of bought up you know, some of these brands here. And, and my guess is we'll see a bit more of that. You know, I think it's really hard, in my opinion, to duplicate, you know, and, and you know, Peloton's doing a tremendous job of doing this. And I think SoulCycle's got a great product as well um, that they do virtually. And obviously we have our product that's virtual, but it's really hard to duplicate the in-studio experience um, at home. And and there's a bunch of factors that go into it, but one of, one of the big pieces of, is the technology and it's, you know, the heart pumping music, it's the lighting, it's the the way the instructor is in front of you and how they're like, you're just connecting with them. And we do a lot of things where, you know, that instructor needs to connect with the writer. And then our brand is writing to the beat, right? And it, there's, you can't replace having 50 people in a room all writing to the beat together. And you got the music and the sound and, you know, it's that part of the experience. I mean, we'll, we even see it like clubs and, and bars really in most places across the country are open. So where do people go for their night out? They could, they come to cycle bar so they can get the music and the, the feel and that, that dancing environment. They come, they come to us for that. So it's bigger than the workout. It's not just about losing weight and then getting in better shape, which is the knock on benefit of coming to us, but it's the community and the experience is what keep people coming back. And as long as we stay focused on that, I don't see how we can't continue to build on that. And that's really the focus of, of all of our brands, right. Is to, to build an experience that can't be duplicated, you know, digitally or online, right? It's, you know, it's not a product that I think translates the same way. And I think in many ways, you know, Peloton helps educate folks for us. They teach them about how to use a bike. They teach them how to, how to ride on a bike and they build, it is intimidating coming into a cycle bar for the first time. So it helps break a barrier for us. Um, and we see many folks that, that have Pelotons that come in and they love the experience and, you know, they, they stop with the Peloton or they do the Peloton still on the side. Right. Um, but they come into the studio and they, they want that experience and they want that community. I love that. That's perfect. Well, I think that's a great note to end on. So I really appreciate you taking time to share a little bit more about, you know, the journey of cycle bar and how you've helped your franchisees over the last, uh, you know, seven, eight months. Thanks Gabe. I mean, I really appreciate you having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.